Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope you had a great day today. Some very interesting things happening in the markets here. There's a rotate. Tyler talked about this in the podcast yesterday. There's a rotation that's taking place in the market, a mini sector rotation that's really important, I think, to understand. And it's also, I believe, going to prove to be super bullish. We are calling for a mini melt up in the month of April. We've got the data to back it up. The market action, I believe, is supporting this. And I think the front running is going to start here tomorrow. So I know I'm making kind of a bold call. I normally don't make these short-term calls like this, but this is this is a setup that I see taking place. This is how we're positioned. So yeah, we're t- I'm talking our book and the way we're personally invested here. Uh, but uh, still, that is what we see. So I'm going to tell you, we always tell you what we think. And uh, that's what we see here. We're bullish, super bullish here. And talking about today, what's happening also in gold and the miners. The miners are leading gold higher again, have been for three weeks. This typically marks the beginning of a new move higher in this group. Very bullish there. Of course, we're also super long there. Again, talking my book again. And there are no accidents. Uh, we'll get into that just a little bit today. There are no accidents. Not when it comes to the most powerful cartel on the planet. That is the money, fiat, fiat money and banking cartel. There are no accidents. So when you ask yourself the question, which I've posed it this way for way too long, uh, naively so, uh, how can the Fed, with their 1,000 economists on the payroll, make so many damn mistakes? You've probably heard me say this. I I mean, my God, they're just horrible at what they do. And then you realize, no, no, these guys don't make mistakes. They, they, They invented the game. They controlled the game. They're not making mistakes. There are no accidents here. And the, the answer, of course, is they want fewer banks. They want the money, which follow the money. They want the money flowing to only a certain number of banks. And you can guess who those are, the major money center banks and the other banks that play along as good little boys and girls. So anyway, let's get to it today. Uh, a lot going on here again. Dow Jones, the market's finished. I had actually had a good smart money hour today. Uh, this could have gone the other way. There was some ugly action happening. NASDAQ was leading the way lower. Semis leading the way lower. And then in the final hour, everything just reversed. Now, we still finished lower. But again, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a broken record here. I think Tyler is too. We're expecting a big April. Dow Jones today finishing down just 37 points. That's one-tenth of 1%. Well, same thing, really. SP of 100 down to just more than one-tenth of 1%. Uh, NASDAQ of coming back after being down well over 100 points, finishing down 52 points, down uh, four-tenths of 1%. And our leader on the day, still down, but only just by a fraction of, of a percent, Russ 2000, small caps, led the way yesterday after being really beaten up uh, over the last uh, month, along with these other groups that are being rotated into. Energy, banks, financials, transports, again, small caps, these groups now are getting fun flows to them. This is that rotation I was talking about that Tyler talked about yesterday from the red hot semis and technology now back into value stocks. This is a common, common rotation. It's very healthy. These are normal, healthy rotations that uh, really uh, 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 help with longevity of bull markets. These, this is a textbook rotation if that's what this is. And it doesn't mean it's a permanent rotation. No, semiconductors aren't going to go into a long uh, decline or, uh, or, uh, or consolidation either, either, even, I don't believe. Uh, same with tech. It's just that we get this rotation from the really strong groups back into stocks that have been incredibly beaten up. 
And then that's how these markets kind of rebalance and reset. And again, very, very healthy, very normal. Uh, I, we showed this this morning, and you may have seen this chart. Most people have, I guess. But it's just it really is stunning to look at what, it, what happened in the bank stocks over a three-week period uh, from, uh, what was that, really from the um, third week of, of February uh, until uh, the, the, you know they found their bottom last week over about a three-week period. 34% the collapse right in the BKX, the bank index, in just three weeks. And, you know, uh, it, we, we think it's over now. We never thought it was going to be a, a contagion or a systemic bank collapse. I know a lot of people are still calling for that. I hope they're wrong. I think they're exactly wrong. This is not 2008. Matter of fact, it could hardly be more different than 2008 for all the reasons we've talked about. And for me, it's really pattern recognition. When I see the same people, the perma bears, when they're all saying the same thing and they're, 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 they're fear-mongering, and whether it's about, you know, no matter what the economy or this case about the bank stocks, banking industry, right? It doesn't really matter what the issue is. Debt levels, you know, if they can find something to glob onto when the markets are dropping, these same perma bears and these fear mongers come out of the woodwork all at the same time. And that's their moment in the sun. That's when they get their appearances on TV networks. Uh, to sell their books and to, to, to really, they're list builders. And so they send people to their sites to build lists. That's their business. And then they sell those lists. That's how these perma bears and these fear mongers make money. And I've been preaching this for a very long time uh, because I believe they should be exposed. And I think it's fraudulent you know, to build a business claiming to want to help people by alerting them to the fears that, you know, to the, to the risk. That, that permeate throughout our system, you know, as if we're trying to help you. We're the good guys, you know, and they're, oh, it's in here, comes the crash, and we're, we're warning you about it in advance because we love you and we care about you. And, of course, nothing could be further from the truth. They're all about money and selling lists. Not all of them, but you know a lot of the names. I'm not going to mention them here. You know the sites, etc., and you've seen them on TV, certainly. They're the ones that are always wrong. They're just always wrong. But they, they appear to be so smart, right? They appear to be so, so smart because they've got the facts on their side. And I will tell you, it, it, it is a little intimidating uh, because the things they're saying aren't necessarily untrue. It's just that's not how the markets work. The markets work, work based on supply and demand. And that's why bull markets happen far more often than bear markets because money continues to flow into equities, into real estate, into uh, various assets over time. Because global economies continue to grow, and that's just the way that's the way it works, right? And so, uh, anyway, the point I'm making here is that, uh, yeah, I think that with this collapse in bank stocks, which I, I believe is over, you know, you never know if there's going to be another outlier. I just don't believe we're going to have a contagion. Point being, I think these bank stocks, and I hate bank stocks. If you know me at all, I've I've, I've always hated bank stocks. I don't like them for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think they're dead money. I think they're dangerous money. Uh, and they get hot from time to time. But I really just have a problem with the banking cartel, to be honest with you. But um, if the Federal Reserve was, was public, I wouldn't recommend it either. You know, I also wouldn't put a buy rec on any central bank. So it's really from that point of view, I just don't think they're good people and good. I don't think they deserve our money because uh, they take it anyway, don't they? Look at 2008. They caused it, right? They get bailed out. They get our money. Uh, and then no one even gets charged, much less going to jail over it. So, but yeah. Are these stocks dirt cheap? Do they represent an opportunity here on the buy side? Sure, I think they do because we're not going to have a systemic meltdown of any bank stocks, uh, U.S. or globally. Um, Silicon Valley Bank, 
uh, you know, and you had, of course, First Republic in New York. And, you know, you always find out when the water goes out who's in trouble. But, yeah, some of these banks are horribly run and managed. You know, as Jamie Dimon says, Tyler and I just had this conversation for this podcast. Jamie Dimon says you never uh, uh, borrow short and lend long. That's just the cardinal rule of banking. It's what you don't do. That's what Silicon Valley Bank did. Uh, but there aren't that many other bad actors out there, like to this degree anyway. Uh, but again, there are no accidents. So uh, I'll just put a bow on this on, the, on this segment. The J.P. Dimon, uh, the J.P. Dimon's. The, the J, Jamie Dimes, the, the J.P. Morgans of the world, the Bank of America, the city banks of the world, right? All these big behemoths would rather own the entire market. That's what, of course, they only get bigger. They never get smaller. Too big to fail, too big to jail. And they know the bigger they get, the more power they have. And, of course, it makes it much easier in, in looking out over time, let's say in the next 5, 10, 20 years, Whenever the United States goes to a social credit scoring system, folks, we're, we're, we're op- absolutely headed there. Look, we can fight it. I hope we win it. But we are headed in that direction. How do I know that? Because it's already happening. It's already happening. Uh, yours truly. Uh, I, I've been, I, was, I had all my accounts closed at J.P. Morgan Chase many years ago for uh, just, uh, just no, no reason given. And finally, I found out over time that at least I got as close to the truth as I could get. Because uh, we banked there for well over a decade, had no problems whatsoever. Uh, and then we've had other accounts closed as well. Again, censorship uh, gets you closed with the Facebook and got us closed with uh, Medium and a Stripe accounts closed. Again, if, you're, if, you're, if you have a dangerous message, social credit scoring you know, gets, you, gets, you, gets you shut out of the system. And of course, many others have been hit far worse than, than I was and the VRA was. But uh, the, there are no accidents here. And so the system will continue to work as long as they, the powers that be, want it to. And we'll know when they're ready for it to stop working. We'll see all the telltale signs. We just haven't seen those yet. And uh, you got to remember, this is a point that Tyler and I make fairly often. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's maybe the most legitimate point as to why the system will continue to function uh, for some time and not fall apart and implode is that the largest investors on the planet, be it real estate or equities or in any form of investable asset period, are the elites. The largest owner of debt are the elites. The largest period, anything to do with money and the flow of capital and wealth appreciation and capital, uh, capital fund flows, they're always the, the, the elite of the elite. So, you know, if they were to... Uh, cause another crash in the real estate market and stock market, et cetera, in the debt markets, who are they hurting? They're hurting themselves. So that, we know the signs to look for, uh, in case you're wondering what those are. If we see uh, uh, gold begin to skyrocket out of nowhere, that's going to be a big warning sign for us. If we see debt beginning to, all of a sudden, yields start to explode higher with no good reason. It means size is coming in, selling in the treasury market. Again, that's a sign that you want to get out and you want to go to cash fairly quickly. We'll have our VRA members and clients here ready for that, we think. But again, sometimes these happen overnight. And the big one certainly will, which is why you've got to be diversified. You've got to be diversified among all the asset classes uh, to your own personal risk reward parameter. Um, but again, we do remain very bullish. 
We, we think front-running starts for the markets. Was going, April is the best month of the year, period, especially in this year, which is the pre-election year. The, the numbers are stunning. Like we've, we have not had a down year since 1952 uh, in the pre-election year. April is by far the best month for, for equities in this year. So we're in the best year and the best month. And I think that's why you're going to see a lot of folks uh, begin to uh, go long this week in advance of April being here, front-running the month of April. And, um, you know, also uh, we've got just – if you're a contrarian, you're salivating. You're, you're absolutely salivating now. How remarkable is it that money market funds have just reached their highest uh, levels in history? $5.1 trillion parked in money market funds. This is higher than it was during coronavirus insanity when everybody thought the world was coming to an end and then everybody went to cash. We have more cash now than then. So if you're wondering, well, why is that bullish for stocks? It's bullish for stocks because as a contrarian, this is not when stocks go down. This is not when the markets fall. When everybody is, is concerned and is raised cash, this is when the markets go higher. This is the absolute perfect scenario for a contrarian to be aggressively long the market. And it's not just the public that's got $5.1 trillion in cash. Uh, 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 corporations are sitting on more than $4 trillion in cash. This is just the SP500. And then you have the chart we shared this morning, uh, the latest uh, monthly uh, report, the Global Fund uh, Manager Survey from Bank of America, which shows that this is really, uh, this is really, is another stunning uh, look at this. The most fund managers are the most overweighted in cash, and they're the, the, the least underweighted in U.S. equities. So fund managers are expecting the markets to get hit. They're heavy in cash, and they're essentially short U.S. equities based on uh, you know a, a data that goes back a, a decade. So I think the Bank of America Global Fund Manager Survey has been around since the early 70s. So this is really another stunning example of con- contrarians really salivating here and being along this market. Look, there's never a guarantee. But folks, when I see things like this, you know, it makes me want to be aggressively long. And that is how we're positioned. So just being straight up with you, that's what we think is going to happen here. And uh, one final point I'll make um, uh, about uh, the markets. We, we focused on this this morning. You know, we do a combination in the VRA of ETFs and growth stocks. That's kind of our thing. Leverage ETFs is our favorite, although some we have a buy record on are, are not leveraged. Uh, we want the extra juice. We're looking for, you know, a trading situation of anywhere from a month to three months or so. Uh, in, our, in these leverage ETFs, we use our VRA investing system to time these trades. Uh, anybody that says you can't time the markets should look at our totals and our results uh, because you clearly can't. We have done this. You clearly can do this. And uh, you just got to be disciplined and have a system to do it. That's what we teach our folks here. But one of the groups we're very bullish on here, we wrote this up this morning, is uh, KWeb, which is the China Internet ETF. It's basically a, a, a tech ETF of China. Non-leveraged, it's just straight up uh, equities, tech equities in China. And uh, I, I like this chart. I like this setup a lot. Again, China has reopened. Uh, their economy from coronavirus insanity, from their version of it. We know what happened here after we reopened. The markets and, and GDP screamed higher. The markets doubled in basically just over a year when we reopened from the insanity of lockdowns. And that was Trump, by the way, that, that brought that on. Uh, that's just the truth of the matter. Uh, 
But when we reopened, the markets doubled, GDP uh, screamed higher. That's happening in China. The markets have been a little all over the place, but we still, if you, all you got to do is look at, look at the chart from last October of KWEB, KWEB, this again, China Internet ETF. Look at the, it's just a perfect selling climax on volume and a crush move lower. Uh, and that's just, that's a, that's, it's really a textbook selling climax, at least the way I, I know to, to analyze these. And then, boom, KWEB goes parabolic, okay? So we've been long this group for some time. We're doing very well in it. But I love right now, we're counterpunchers too. I love this pullback that's taking place uh, in KWEB, back to the 200-day moving average. All of the momentum oscillators now positioned just like we like to see it in the VR investing system. Have a fresh MACD uh, buy signal in place. I'm just going to tell you, we're long this. Every now and then, we like to throw out a group or a stock that we like a lot. This is one we like a lot. Uh, again, I think if April's going to be a melt-up month in the U.S., I think KWeb could be pretty special also uh, for, the, for the month of April. And again, we are looking for a trade here, not looking to marry it. Um, okay, in the internals today, uh, again, just not uh, the market was down across the board, but it's interesting, right? NYSE internals were positive across the board. NYSE advanced decline, positive by, not a huge amount, but positive by 600 issues. Advanced decline, positive by almost two to one on NYSE again, when they were down across the board. Uh, now, new 52 guys lows did come in slightly lower, uh, but uh, nothing to uh, really be concerned about. And NASDAQ, not as impressive as NYSE. NASDAQ was slightly lower on uh, advanced decline and approaching two to one negative on up-down volume. Uh, but again, the semis have been leading lower for a couple days. That's typically a recipe for weakness. Uh, we don't think that, again, we are very bullish on the semis here, and we are using this pullback to uh, add to our positions. We've uh, been long this group for some time and really uh, had a very good run here. Um, and our commodity watch, oh, uh, sector watch. Uh, what is this? Five sectors finished higher, six finished lower, led the upside by energy in the rotation back into energy industrials, into value. One and a half percent move higher for energy to the downside. Communication services down one percent. Elsewhere, fairly fairly quiet. And our commodity watch, and this is this is a this is beginning to get very interesting. Gold up a big twenty one dollars today, even with the rates higher. Uh, we think we know what's going on with gold, and we think we know what's going on with precious metals and miners. They're anticipating what's about to happen, which is the next Fed rate cutting cycle. Okay, and the next round of quantitative easing. It's coming. You can sense it, right? You've been around long enough. You know what to look for. It's coming, folks. There's a lot of commercial real estate coming due uh, to be, um, you know, to to, uh, to to be renewed, right? Uh, over the like next two three years, it's like over, well over a trillion, two trillion dollars, and uh, commercial real estate's hurting. Of course, this is all setting up for the next Fed rate cutting cycle, uh, and I think that's what gold. And the miners are telling us miners have been leading now for three weeks. That's a very bullish sign. Gold today up $21 an ounce. Now, what, $80 away from an all-time high, uh, uh, closing at uh, $19.92 an ounce of 1% today. Silver, a, a bigger 1.4% at $23.51 an ounce. Copper, flat today at $4.07 a pound. Crude oil, uh, $0.57 cents a barrel at $73.38. And uh, finally on the day, Bitcoin. Uh, 27,326, up a couple hundred. Again, Bitcoin is held in really well in the face of a lot of bad news. When Bitcoin's doing well, 
It's a typically a highly correlated buy signal for equities known as risk on. All right, folks, always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a good day and even better night. And we'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.